0: Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me, I have two folks here to talk to me. I have Paul Douglas of the Douglas Dorman Foundation, as well as Christy. And now, remind me how to say your last name, Christy.
1: It's Chambour. Chambour?
0: Yes. Okay. Got it. Good. Christy Chambor, the program director for the Junelle Community Foundation. How are you both doing today? Very well,
1: thank you. Yeah, doing very well, Jordan.
0: All righty. Now, one of the things I want to talk to you about today, because this is actually getting close to wrapping up, is the Douglas Dornan Foundation Fund. Now, Paul, would you like to talk on that, seeing as you are a part of that?
2: Well, uh, yes. Our, our fund was established in late 1993, um, and we—the uh, goal of our foundation is to support nonprofit organizations who. Demonstrate a need for services, equipment, activities, and or training that support children, youth, elders, or other special needs groups. And we've been functioning since uh, we made a first grant in 1994. And uh, this is, we are celebrating our 30th year of grant making. We're pretty proud of that.
0: Okay. And I see, because we actually posted a story about this back in April, that during the, those 30 years, about $565,944 have been distributed across like a, more than 110 different programs, organizations, individuals, and the like.
2: Yes, we've been uh, pretty active, and uh, uh, we receive um, somewhere between 15 and 20 grant applications each year. And uh, from them, we, re- we have a, a group of advisors, six of us who review all these applications and make decisions on who does and who does not, uh, and earn our support for grants and then how much. Uh, and, uh, we've been uh, blessed to be able to continue this for all these years. We look forward to continuing it into the future.
0: I was going to say, well, that's always the hope, isn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. And so (laughs) maybe talk to me about what the the inspiration was behind doing the fund. Because I know you talked to me a little bit about the history of it, but I don't think you talked too much about what got it started.
2: Okay. Um, The foundation was established uh, to honor um, Brian Douglas and Wes Dornan, who both lost their lives in an automobile accident in 1993 um they were only here in Juno for about well, three and a half years or so uh, but were very active in the community um and what we've um, we created the fund in their honor uh, to try and support some of the, a lot of the things that they were interested in uh, WIF was involved in the preschool daycare center here in town and then and supported uh, AEYC of Southeast Alaska. Um, Brian was uh, uh, involved in an Ultimate Frisbee, starting an Ultimate Frisbee Club and a Homebrewers Club. Um, Both of them served as um, foster parents to several Native Alaskan children, and they volunteered at the Glory Hall and supported other activities to protect the environment. So what we've attempted to do over these years is to in their memory, uh, continue supporting those in need who in, within southeast Alaska.
0: Okay. And so, and how long has this been going? And has this been going on with the Juno Community Foundation for those full 30 years, or is that more of a recent thing?
2: Well, we certainly know. Um, we transferred our assets of our foundation to the Community Foundation in 2009. Um, that allowed us to take advantage of uh, some enhanced professional oversight of the fund assets and to get some administrative support. Up to that point in time, we were doing all this just hand to mouth um, on our own time. And uh, it was uh, actually in the first years, I didn't even move to, you know, until 2000. And so for the first um, six or seven years or so, uh, we operated the
0: foundation from a distance. Okay, and so then, Paul. One of my questions is: so, as the advisor of the of the fund, what role? What is what largely is kind of the role that you play?
2: Well, I'm sort of the the the, the, the overall. Um, um, I don't know how to describe myself i I do a <laughs> what, what he does he
1: does quite done. a bit <laughs>
2: <laughs> and maybe Christy can answer a question better than I can but,
1: uh, so, uh, paul is uh, I, the the main point of contact um you know, as he was describing the role that the community foundation plays um is somewhat administrative, and that you can go to our website, we offer the application through our site um we we can help in collecting grant reports. We just try to provide as much support um, to Paul and his role as the advisor. Um, they have the big jobs. You know, they have to read through these applications and decide how the funds will be split and what to support. Um, and then we're we're basically here to support them.
0: Okay. And has that largely been what the community foundation's role has been since sort of help getting to sort of assist with this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So if you go to our, I'm sorry, Paul, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, if you go to our website, um, under grants and scholarship, you can get information about the Douglas Dornan, uh, Douglas Dornan foundation fund. There's, um, a press release there for reference and just information to show like on average, what, you know, what size grants they've been giving out, what they fund and what they do not fund. Um, all of the important information that those applying would need. Right. So I'd
2: like to point out, we we do this, we go through this grant cycle on an annual basis, and we accept applications from the 1st of April each year up through the 1st of June. So we're approaching the end of our, our window of opportunity to to submit grant applications, and I encourage all any and all nonprofits who have not so done so to date to give some thought to the possibility of um, going online to the uh, Juno Community Foundation site. They can get the application there, and they can fill it out and uh, and submit it. But it must be postmarked by June one. This it's only about ten days away.
0: I was going to say, yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, we're getting uh, pretty close to the deadline for that one. Yeah, it
1: is pretty close.
0: (laughs) Okay. And then I see, I actually have a a list of those examples. So, you know, we're talking charitable organizations, foundations, uh, child care, foster parent programs, and then individuals pursuing special training, education in any field, professional endeavors. And so it's definitely a very broad category of folks that can apply for it.
2: Yes. Very definitely. It must be a non-profit organization, per our charter, that's, um, we're limited to, to that only, uh, but that covers a, a broad range. As Chris, as you mentioned earlier, uh, we've made awards to over 110 different organizations throughout Southeast Alaska over the years. Some of those, many of those are repeat applicants, uh, but some are one of a kind.
0: Right. And I think that's sort of the significant part is this is a very, you know, it's a very Southeast focused uh, program, which is very important, you know, because even in thinking of even our, our listening audience, the folks that are going to be listening to the show today, you know, that's a lot of that's, that's a lot of different communities and a lot of different folks that could and organizations that could use that funding if they know about it. And so making sure that that information becomes more available to them can maybe even see your numbers go up higher.
2: That, that's correct.
1: Yeah. And that's what we where we try to help. We obviously use our social channels um, to promote the grant application period being open. We um, communicate that through our newsletter. And then, of course, we host it here on our website, which is junocf.org, by the way, for anybody that does need to get an application. Um But, yeah, and and we we do our best to, to, like I said, help in promoting that the grant application period is open for this fund.
0: Okay. And so I think what I'm going to do is we're going to head into our break, and I'm going to have a bit of a longer second half here. So keep listening. We will be back. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me still, I have Paul Douglas for the Douglas Dornan Foundation Fund, and Christy Chambor from the Program Director for the Juno Community Foundation. Now, Christy, I want to ask you a bit about some of the other grants and programs coming up with the Juno Community Foundation. So where would you like to start?
1: Sure. Um, I'll, I'll kind of give you a recap of where we are in our granting and scholarship season, actually. So we, we just wrapped up scholarships. Um, JD hosted their scholarship awards back on May 15th and TMS um, will be tomorrow. So that is one other facet of our work here. Um, We have four scholarships that we help to administer. And again, there's information about each of them on our grants under our grants and scholarship tab on our website. Um, But as that's coming to a close and as we're getting closer to Douglas Dornan coming to a close, that is when um, typically we open up the individual artist grants that we offer, and those grants are um, from an arts vibrancy endowment, uh, which was created here at the foundation, and they support the work of individual artists in Juno, so just in our community. Um, and last year was the first year that we were able to offer um, twenty thousand in grants, which was a big deal for us. And we know we'll be offering at least that much this year. We're hoping maybe to be able to offer a little bit more. Um, the selection committee is meeting next week um, and we'll be able to kind of solidify the details and then those will be available on our website um, as soon as they're ready to go so we're we're aiming for June 1st um, and if it's not on the 1st it'll be sometime in that week Um, so the artists can go online and and look at the eligibility requirements um, what the grant amounts will be for this year Um, And then what the deadline will be. Typically, we run it June through August. That's what we've done um, for the last couple of years.
0: Okay, and that's right as Douglas Dornan ends.
1: Yes, exactly. So that application deadline is June 1st. And then this uh, this set of grants will open up right after that. So if you are an artist in Juneau, a working artist in Juneau, and you have projects or concepts, um, pieces that you're working on, I strongly, strongly encourage you, um, to look at the information on the site, read through it. There might be something that we would be able, um, to help with. And, um, yeah, last year we had, I think a record number of applications, so it can get quite competitive. Um, but again, it's a wonderful resource, um, for working artists in our community.
0: Okay. And then I understand another one was, I believe it was feeding Juno kids or I I may have named it wrong.
1: Yes. So last, at the end of last year, um, community partners had let Amy Skillbred, our executive director know that there were, um, a couple of holes in the food programs that were being offered through the Juno school district. I don't think it's a secret that like our food banks are working at capacity right now. There's been a lot of strain um, in terms of food security in Juneau of late. Um, so when she heard this, she had reached out to um, the Benito and Francis C. Gagin Foundation, and they gave us a $100,000 challenge grant. And we managed with that challenge grant to raise $216,000, which is pretty phenomenal. And that money has been going towards food programs in the Juno School District. So, for example, right before their spring break back in March, we partnered with the United Way, the Coast Guard, um, Super Bear IGA, and then we typically bring in a volunteer crew, and we had the um, Juno Douglas men's soccer team come in, and we put together 500 vacation food bags for families in the district. Um, And then the Coast Guard is instrumental in helping us get those distributed. And then just this past weekend, um, again, with all of these, Incredible community partners, we were able to put together bags for the end of the school year um, just to make sure there's really not a gap in getting family food um, before the end of the school year. And this is also in conjunction with some other programs. People may have heard about there's a, a weekend backpack program that's available for kids, but they can like grab a backpack on a Friday and take it home. Um, and then there's the breakfast program. There's a variety of programs that were needing support. Um, and so that's what this is doing. It's helping to supplement those food programs.
0: Okay. And I think that's also a very important one to note because obviously you want, you know, young people to have food security because if they have that, it allows them to be able to focus on, you know, being a kid more than worrying about where is my food going to come okay. from.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And this program also, um, you know, if you're a parent and you've got kids in the district, if you're a caregiver with, with folks in the district, then you know that, you know, teachers are asking often, like, can you provide snacks for the classroom? And this program was able to kind of take a little bit of the burden off families. So we were able to like go in any classroom that needed snacks. There was money sent along, they could buy snacks, um, just trying to make it easier for, for everybody involved. Um, like you said, we want their focus to be on just being a kid and, and, and learning.
0: Okay. And then is there anything else babe, that you guys have coming up that you'd like to go more okay. in depth on, I should say?
1: <laughs> well, sure. I can speak a little Our Parks, Trails, and Recreation um, Committee... Um, has recently gathered with, um, community partners and stakeholders just to talk about different projects that are, um, happening. Um, there's a, a mountain bike park that's being developed near the Under Thunder Trail with Juno Mountain Bike Alliance. Um, there's talk of a possible, um, additional float on Auk Lake. People are getting out more now. We've had some pretty amazing weather. Um, And recreating all over the place. Um, And we want feedback. If there are trails that you're using that, you know, you're like, oh, it would be so great if this trail could connect to this trail. Um, If there are parks that you utilize that maybe need some upgrades or help, um, just as you're out and about, you know, in your community, if there are ideas that you have or projects that you might know about or you hear about that you think could use some kind of Financial support, um, or you know, you want to bring the community foundation in, we strongly encourage you to email us. Um, we're always open to hearing um, ideas, um, working with partner organizations, and you know, doing our best to make our community um, fabulous. I mean, it already is, but you know, keeping it fabulous.
0: Right. And I think it's this large focus on community that, that you know has that is very, very much a, a valuable thing. Oh. Speaking to both of your different foundations and funds, which are now one, I don't know why I phrased it that way, but I'm only human. And I think it's just the fact that we are we able to discuss, you know, here's the big things in the community. Here's what we want to work on as a community. I think that's very important.
1: Oh, agreed. 100%. I mean, that's sort of the crux of the work that we do here. I mean, whether it's an arts and culture capacity, whether it's a parks, trails and recreation, health and social services, youth and education, um, we try to, you know, kind of keep fingers on the pulse to see what's going on, what's needed, um, because things shift and change, especially in a a post-COVID world, a lot of things shifted and changed, you know. Um, so, you know, where are we at now? Like what's important to us now as a community? And then, of course, like looking forward, making sure that um, there are funds and things in place that can help to support all of these things well off into the future.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'd like to offer you both the opportunity to have a, a sort of a final comment, final word here. So I'm going to offer that to you first, Paul, if you have any final sort of closing comments for us.
2: I'd just like to remind everyone that, that our deadline for submitting applications to the Douglas Thorne Foundation Fund is midnight, um, June 1, postmark. And uh, if anyone has any questions they about um, our application or, or the foundation uh, itself, uh, feel free to give me a call, 907 209
0: All right, and I'll repeat that number as well. It's 907-209-3706. We also have a link to the Juno Community Foundation page on our website, KNYRadio.com. So if you're looking for that, you can find it there. And then, Christy, going to offer the same opportunity to you. Any closing comments you want to add?
1: Yeah, I just want to say congratulations again to the Douglas Jornan Foundation Fund for 30 years of grant making. That's phenomenal. Um, And so what they do is so wonderful and, like you said, so needed in our communities, and that's appreciated. Um, And then anybody can get any information on any of the things we touched on, like you said, on our website, uh, which is junocf.org. You can email us at info at junocf.org or give us a call, and that's 907-523-5450.
0: All righty. Well, I'd like to thank you both for taking the time to talk to me. It's always fun learning about different foundations and things going on within the community.
1: Thank you, Jordan. Thank you
0: very much. All righty. You have been listening to Action Line on KINY.